0: You're listening to the We Talk Seahawks podcast, a podcast brought to you by Seahawks UK. Stay tuned for our weekly episodes for pre-game and post-game shows, as well as fun and engaging discussions, and hopefully some special guest interviews along the way. Thank you for listening, stay tuned, and go Hawks! Ladies and gentlemen, Seahawks and football fans everywhere, welcome back to the We Talk Seahawks podcast. I hope everyone is doing well. I'm your host, James. With me today, I have Pietro. How are you, mate?
1: I'm good, mate, thank you. A bit depressed, but,
0: you know. Oh, we're all there, mate. We're all all feeling the same. (laughs) Uh, I'm also joined by Matt. Matt, how are you, bud? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I
2: think we're in the same boat as Pez, but, you
0: know, (laughs) we'll get over it. Oh, it's a funny feeling talking about this. We're recording this um, on a Thursday night, so we've had a couple of a couple of days to to let it all sink in. Um, but even even talking about this stuff again is just going to bring up these these sad sad feelings of the monstrosity that was the weekend. But we're going to get into it um, on today's show. We'll be discussing the two big news stories from within the organisation this week. Those being the contract extension for General Manager John Schneider and the firing of Offensive Coordinator Brian Schottenheimer. Like I say, we'll attempt to keep our cool as we discuss our absolutely disastrous performance that we saw uh, that saw the Hawks crash out of the playoffs at the first hurdle at the hands of the LA Rams in the wildcard round on Saturday night. Um, And we'll finish off by answering some of your questions that you sent in via our social media channels. If you don't follow us on our social media sites, we'd love it if you came and joined the community. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search Seahawks UK and keep helping us to connect 12s everywhere. So we'll begin with the two big news stories coming out of the Seahawks this week. We'll begin with the general manager, John Schneider. Um, absolutely delighted to hear that he's extended his contract with the Seahawks through until March of 2027. Uh, that's another six years of drafting under his leadership and obviously alongside Pete Carroll. Um but no, he's, he's been a leading candidate for the, for the Detroit Lions GM position, uh, most notably this off-season. Um, a few other teams were, were muted to have an interest in John Schneider with him coming into the last year of his contract. And he obviously Pete signed a five-year extension mid-season. John didn't get anything sorted out mid-season, so there was obviously going to be speculation with him going into his final year whether he'd be fielding offers, whether he'd be happy and just wait out a contract for Seattle. And that's exactly what he's done. He said he didn't want to uproots to go to Detroit, and he hasn't. He's signed on the dotted line, a six-year deal. I'm absolutely delighted. John Schneider's a massive, massive part of the Seattle Seahawks. He's an absolute fan favourite, bit, bit of a cult figure. Um, and he's undoubtedly been a part of some very, very successful drafts in recent years. Um, so I'm absolutely delighted. Um, I would have been absolutely... Devastated to see him go. I think he's such a big personality within the locker room. The players love him, the coaches love him, and obviously the fans love him. And obviously he feels the same. So, lads, I don't know what you think. Um, I'll start with you, Matt. Um, John Schneider, for you, is he... I mean, he's. I guess he's widely regarded as one of the leading GMs in the NFL, one of the most respected players. Um, how, are you happy that he signed on? We we was this a sort of a foregone conclusion? Was this always going to happen, or were you sort of a bit worried when when Detroit came calling? Did you think he might jump ship, or were you always sort of you know firmly believing that John would be with us for another for another six years, and and now he is?
2: Well, it was it was a weird one because I you know I, I kept tabs on it uh, as and when you know looking at, at news stories that could have come out. I saw yeah. the interest, as you say, from, from Detroit and I was like Okay. I mean I thought, you know, he's done a lot with us. So I thought, you never know, he might try and, and go for new things. But I'm quite happy that he stayed. Very yeah. happy. I mean, you know, I've o I've only seen what one draft in my in my time. Because um, 'cause I was, yeah, I yeah, you know, I started watching the at the start of the twenty nineteen season so I missed the that draft of, what was it DK probably being the best player that came out of it I imagine
3: yeah I think so yeah,
2: yeah. Um, so you know the way we draft it's questionable but mm. it kind of makes sense and if um, if John Schneider is a big part of that then I'm happy so
0: yeah absolutely I'm not too
2: displeased
0: no I think like I say I think the first round picks in recent years haven't been as as good as the as the late round picks have been, um, or as solid as the late round picks have been. That we always seem to, to sort of miss with our first round picks for whatever reason in the past few years. Jordan Brooks looks to be the um, the exception coming in after his rookie year. He's been absolutely fantastic. Um, so hopefully that'll signal a bit of a change with first round picks, but obviously and and i think the uh, the thing that john schneider brings as well is he's he's so good with trades i don't know how he does it he, he always seems to you know even the jamal adams pick which you know um trade even that that people were sort of suggesting that we'd overpaid for i really don't think we have we've got an absolute playmaker in jamal adams there and so i even you know i don't know what you think about the um the the sort of value that he brings in terms of trades because i just think that he makes so many impactful trades john schneider that i don't see as many gms doing he's so active in the trade market and yeah. so active in free agencies he's a massive part in in the recruitment process and he always seems to get it right largely
2: see that's i mean in terms of trade that's one thing that i've sort of gone really yeah you know, it's, it's sort of been a bit eyebrowing. i mean you say with the Adams trade I mean you know he's had his off games you know he's had his moments I mean every player does but you know I, I, I sit there looking at it I'm thinking did we really pay that much for Jamal Adams because now yeah. we don't have was it, was it this year's first round pick and next year's first round pick
0: yeah two right? firsts I think, I think it's a fourth yeah. round pick as well this year and obviously Bradley McDougal was part of it as
2: yeah. well the, you know obviously I, I like trades for players Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like if we can bring someone in who's proven is good, and that's great. But without getting rid of some of our players now that we already have, we're not going to have any draft picks, any high, you know, any high high picks. Yeah. And the only way you're going to get high picks is by trading your best player. Mm-hmm. And do we really want to be trading? You know, the better players on our team. Not really so i don't know i'm 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 on, i'm on two I mean, I'm in two places with regards to trade you know I'm so happy that we got Adams,
3: but mm. at the
2: same time it's like he's not really performed to the standard that I imagined that he would have uh yeah yeah, but at the same time you know it's like we haven't got as i said, we haven't got those first round picks for the next two years, so unless we do something. You know, unless we work some miracle trade, you know, I can't see us being in the first round. Yeah, obviously this year we can't see us mm. being in this. Can't see us being in there next year, really, unless we get rid of some players. But yeah, I it's, mean, it's a-
0: yeah. If if John Schneider's anyone to go by, I can certainly, and we know how much Pete Carroll loves his uh, loves his drafts. I think he'd absolutely be turning in his sleep um, not having a first round pick in any draft class. Never mind um just this year so i can definitely see us making some form of move who it is i don't know maybe someone like jaron reed someone with a bit of value who's had a really good season um someone who's taking up a bit of cap space someone like that possibly do shopping for a first round pick it's going to be interesting to see pez um what were your thoughts on schneider mate? um are you sort of were you in the camp of him sort of When these again, uh, again, when these rumours came out about uh, Detroit and and everything, we sort of were expecting him to go, or were you just thinking, ah, it's just, you know, it's just rumours here. There's there's no doubt he'll he'll extend his contract.
1: Oh, yeah, just rumours. I think it's convenient that that all came about when he was due for an extension. So I think it was just good gamesmanship to get himself the money he wanted uh in a way um yeah i'm really happy with it like his uh, trading is phenomenal like he's pulled some absolute he's out of the hat um i do agree on the jamal adams trade but let's just see what he does next year let's just yeah let's give him the opportunity to hopefully we'll have a full we'll have a full camp full training um because towards the back end of the season, he started clicking. He started seeing. He started understanding what he was, what was expected of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not prepared to fully write off that that was a bad trade, even though we have lost them first round picks. Because this year, what our first round pick would have been in, the, it would have been in the twenties or something, was it?
0: I think it was about twenty six. Was it 25, 26, so, something like that? Yeah.
1: So really. In the year it's been with all like the non existent college football that's been played, like look at Ohio State, what they were six and all going into into the championship game. And it's just like, you just don't know. So many college players decided not to play the season. So you just Mm -hmm. don't know what you're fully getting, especially that low down in the draft. Like, essentially, you've got to look at the players who have played with tape from the season before. Yeah. But the take from the season before could be a bit of a gamble. Then you're looking at, like, potential, like, second rounders starting Mm. to filter into the first round, and then you've got another first round bust. So this year I'm not too bothered about not having that first round um, pick. The year after Mm. might be a totally different story. If Jamal doesn't perform consistently next year and he can't stay healthy next year, then, yeah, you then start looking at, like, yeah, but then, by that point, because obviously you're paying this season, but then by that point, do you recoup the first-rounders by shopping him next year if, if he doesn't live well, up possibly. to
0: standard? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Because
1: I take Jamal Adams over a first-rounder in next year's draft. Oh, yeah. Any day of the week. Yeah. And then, for example, next season, if they're like, right, okay, he's not. there's someone else out there who can do what he's doing at this moment in time so then we're going to shop him and get draft picks for this draft. Hopefully mm-hmm. with a full college season you've got a bit more to choose from. So I'm not well, I'm not prepared to say that's a bust just yet and then you've got to look at the trades like Dunlap, DJ, the sign of DJ Reed. apparently that was all him. That was his idea, he was his guy. Um, yeah. And they're just... Uh, just Highly positive. So I'm I'm really, really happy we kept hold of him. Um with the uncertainty we've got over the team at the moment. Mm. That, that's the kind of spot you want consistency. You don't want a brand new GM coming into what almost looks like a potential minefield with all the coaching and that going on.
0: Yeah. Um no, it's definitely a sloppy situation, and I think you're right about the uh, the draft this this year. Certainly, it's an interesting one. I think you've got the as every draft class does. You have the sort of nailed on first five, six, seven picks with guys like Devontae Smith, you know Trevor Lawrence, um, all these guys that you, you know are, you know are good players. We don't need to see really any more tape on these guys. We know they're you know they're special in their own right and they deserve to be in these you know the high the high picks, the early picks, but. As soon as you start even entering the sort of the second half of the first round, I, th- I think there's so many question marks on so many of the players because of the lack of tape that they'll have put on in this final year. Um, That you're right, I think there's going to be so many, and it, it might it might be very exciting this year in the sense that there'll be so many sort of like gambles that will pay off, gambles that won't pay off. You'll see guys getting drafted in the first round who are just like like he's meant to have a, You know, you see these guys giving them second, third, fourth round grades and they've gone in the first round. And it's like, there's going to be some really, really good, like absolute amazing picks that are just like, you know, you would question like in a normal season, how on earth would they get him at this value? Because he's like, there's no tape on him, but he's such a good player. And if he had one or two more seasons with full tape then he would have been a much earlier pick and it, it's going to be a really interesting year uh, draft wise and I think like you say I don't think there's too many better in the NFL um with the draft process that that are Pete Carroll and John Schneider that they, they, they always seem to have good draft classes yes there's one or two draft classes that weren't filled with with um with with great picks but at the very least, every single draft class has heralded one or two starting players, and then the rest have, you know um, heralded even more. And you're talking about franchise players who've just put the team sort of on the map in a way um, that have all come from from John Schneider and 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 Pete Carroll. Um, so, I'm, I'm like I say I'm absolutely delighted to see John uh, stay with them through to the 2027 drafts, um, and then we'll see obviously what happens after then. Um, but we'll move on to Shotty, um, the other big news story of the week. The more, um, the one that probably more fans were talking about. Um, I personally, I didn't. I didn't see it coming. I thought, you know, I, I wanted a change at offensive coordinator. I think the second half of the season um, showed that we needed a change. Whether you want to fully put the blame on Shotty or, or Wilson, we'll come to that in a bit. Um, you know, certainly the second half of the season, that offense was just crying out for it, some form of change and they've gone with Shotty. Um, it was interesting that the, the reasons or the the, the reason that they cited for the, for the firing was after a meeting with Pete Carroll where he, he sort of, you know, reveal that there was philosophical differences, whatever that really means, whether, you know, I think Pete Carroll's saying he wants to come out and run the ball more and, and Shotty was wanting to pass the ball more and throw the ball more. So they've gone separate ways because of that, because he wants someone in who's going to, you know, establish the run like Seahawks of old, um, you know, like teams like in the, you know, the back-to-back Super Bowl runs. I think the offense was largely built upon the run game with Marshall and Lynch and, and guys like that. It, that was what we were known for. And I think Pete Carroll's seen, the struggles that we've had in the passing game in the second half of the season, and you can't—I don't think anyone can deny that we've got such a good running back room. That if we were to resign Chris Carson anyway, that we've we've got an absolutely fantastic bunch of running backs. And we were talking about this in the in the podcast from last week about using them and getting them involved more. I think Pete Carroll spotted that, and he wants to see these backs involved more. Um, it was just, but what what was interesting to me was literally the day before. Shotty was fired. Pete Carroll came out to the media saying, "Oh, Shotty's going to be with us next season. There will be." He was basically saying, "Yeah, there'll be one of one or two changes, but Shotty will be here, so you don't need to read anything in that." And then, quite literally, the next day, oh, Shotty's being fired. So it was just came out of the blue. Um, I I I thought loyalty would would take its cause and that he wouldn't have been fired because you know Pete is Pete is historically loyal to his coaches when he probably should have cut ties with them earlier than he than he did. Um, but he's yeah, it, it, it's one one consistently bad half of the season, and they've seen enough um, with Shotty. Um, so Pez, I, I think you're like I say you you you're big on your play call, and you you were very sort of um, you know I think you were in the same camp as me of wanting to, wanting to change your offensive coordinator, to say the least. Um, do you think it was? The right move, and 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 who who are you sort of thinking of? Oh, you know, with Pete Carroll saying we want to run the ball more, is that the right approach? Should should we, we be we we be thinking like that? What, what's your take on it? Um,
1: I'll just go to the shorty thing first because if you get me started on Pete Carroll, <laughs> fuck me, I'll be I'll have you here for about half an hour, <laughs> like boring you like. But it, you said so last week. I think it was on last week's pod. I mentioned about my take on Shotty being put in the, or Shoty choosing to go in the box this season, or yeah. did someone put him in the box? Hmm. And then it goes back to what you said about how Pete's quite loyal to his coaching stuff. Yeah. And then you kind of look at it all like how I look at it more is like to me, Pete put him up there because clearly, as it's shown, because they've had philosophical differences, that being on the sideline together clearly wasn't a good thing. Mm. No. Like, because obviously, like, as all Seahawks fans are starting to slowly realise, it's Pete's way or no one's way. And I just don't know if Shotty was a bit too much of a, like... He wasn't uh, happy
0: with that, was he?
1: In in a way, a loudmouth, if you want to put it that way, where Pete went over to him on the sideline and went, oh, don't run that play. I think this play is going to work better. Shotty's just been like, well, nah, nah. I'm the play caller. I'll choose what I do. Yeah. Because he's mentioned it numerous times on defence and offence. Oh, that fourth down was me. This, This defensive call was me. This was me. That was me. So, it just... Hmm. That that point you made there, that's why I wanted to just quickly jump in first. Was yeah, it kind of goes back to that point. Was he forced up there?
0: Yeah, um, I think you're right. I think he said something about the fourth and one play towards the end of the game about um, shot he had made the call or something, and then he sort of overrided it, and and then obviously it it did, it didn't work and. That that seems to be, yeah. I guess, what they're talking about. When they, you know, they've come and sat down, and you can imagine them saying, "Right, what what was that all about?" You know, Shotty's asking Pete, "What was that all about?" You know, why did you sort of override me? I'm meant to be the player caller. I, I get the sense that's how it's gone down.
1: Yeah, because um, I got a a tweet here where Joe Fan put it out saying about Pete Carroll. Fighting the play call on the first of one—that's why the false start happened and basically killed our drive. So he yeah. fucked us over. But then apparently, Shotty called his best play in that scenario, and Pete didn't like it. Right. <laughs> <Nice>. So <laughs> I, I, I was gonna—I was gonna bring this up in my uh, in my uh, Pete Carroll segment of the podcast. I like to call it, uh, but <laughs> yeah. So. It all just starts showing to me that them two just haven't seen eye to eye, but but to like back onto Shotty, like I'm happy. Like, regardless if there was differences in that regard, like whether they don't see eye to eye and Pete kind of stifled his yeah. true ability, I, I don't think he did because he play calling for me. It, we spoke off air and mm. I was adamant that this season was a mirror of last season. It was completely the same in my eye. Started off really hot, and then for whatever reason, like last year, you could kind of put the bad injuries as the fizzle out. They kind Mm -hmm. of went conservative because the injuries came and it did kind of put a strain. This year, it's it's just the same, regardless of why it happened. It's exactly the same, and I said to you off air, there'll come a game or I may have said it in the podcast last, year, last week, Sorry. Um, there'll come a yeah. game in this p- postseason season when shotty will have to prove himself and this game came. It
3: came,
1: early, it came earlier than I thought because I really thought it would have been the Saints, not looking past the Rams, but if we yeah. got that far, it would have been the Saints or it would have been the Green Bay game with the dynamic offence and stuff like that. But it came earlier than I expected and I think that's what pissed me off so much about this game is he just didn't adjust. We, no. we were stopping them on their offense, time and time again.
0: Yeah, and yep.
1: he just fucking ran that ball till it till. Oh my god, I was ready to throw my TV out of the window.
0: Mate, like, I, I, I must have woke up the entire house with a few S bombs, C bombs, whatever type of bomb you want to. Everything. I mean, they 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 were sat on twenty points and they gave us the ball for about. I think I think we must have had four or five jives. Where we got the ball back and they were still on twenty points because we'd stopped them about four or five times, and we just couldn't move the ball. It was, it was just like watching, like it just felt so amateurish and just so completely void of any sort of creativity or any ideas. It was just the same players. Offensive line weren't blocking it, weren't blocking at all. Just it, oh, every problem that the offenses had in the course of the season just seemed to combine and, and come to a head in that one sort of game. And it was just, oh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't take it. I was so close to turning half. It was unbearable.
1: Oh yeah. It, it, it was the culmination of the season. It was like, clearly, like, don't get me wrong. Russ isn't void of any spotlight as we'll probably get onto a bit later yeah. on. Yeah. But, for me, the main part of this was literally that game was a culmination of the complete breakdown in the yeah. coaching offense between Pete Carroll and uh, Shotty. Like, it, that's what it just seemed to me. It's like I couldn't I understand it. I couldn't understand that. Like, there was no adjustments. At the end the day, Pete Carroll is the head coach and he should. As he's proven with the whole I took over on that 4-4-1 and I screwed us to potentially get points, like he should be able to look at this game and go, okay, my run first bullshit isn't working. Let's uh, adjust. No, 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 because I'm so stubborn that I just believe. No shot, you just keep on running and keep on just calling. Absolute dog shit. There was one drive in that game where they went up-tempo because the game had run away from him. Yeah, Yet and again, it works and again went away from him, and I, I swear, I watched that drive, and it was that far up-tempo that I just think Russ called that whole drive, and absolutely. what happened? They went from one side of the field to the other with a touchdown, straight away, with mm-hmm. a blink of the eye, and that's what, that's true Russell Wilson.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So,
1: like, I understand people want to find people to blame, and like, you can put some blame on Russ, and some people are over exaggerate trade Russ, and this, that, and the other, but how can he show that flash in that one singular drive and then yeah. just be crap all the other games and then just go, okay, well... When Shottie's proven he's not play-calling. <sighs> it's yeah. he's proven he can't adjust. No. He, he, his basic play schemes, he, he can't get anyone open. He can't scheme anyone open. And then all he use is excuses or... Oh, What, number one defence, oh, oh. And they just, it's like, this game was a prime example of what everyone says when we play down to our opponents. But this time, we just play into the hands. It's like the mentality. All their excuses after the game were, oh, we were playing the number one overall passing defence and all this shite. And it's just like...
0: It's the one way. The one way he comes out with, "Oh, I wish we'd have adjusted to this sooner. I wish, oh, I wish we'd have done that sooner." It's like, do it in the. Well, do it then. Do it in the. You're being paid as a as a supposedly leading NFL head coach and, and NFL, you know, player call it. Just just make if you can't, you know, realize that changes need to be made during the game. You know, it's no good coming out after the game saying, "Oh yeah, I wish we'd have done that sooner." But don't you know? And he was saying like, "Don't read into it. Don't worry about it." Well. We are worried about it because we're we're out of a playoff game now. We're out. This was a as, a Super Bowl talented team as we've had since the last ones. This was the one that we were all feeling confident with. Everyone was feeling even with how bad the offense was playing, we were still optimistic of a of a Super Bowl appearance. That's how that's how talented we know this team is. So to just completely, you know, coach it in a way that just completely ruins it and spoils that and, and takes that talent away by poor coaching is, is completely criminal for me. Um I mean, Matt, I, I don't know what you think about Shotty. Um, is it? Is it more of, you know, is it, I mean, the Seahawks put up franchise record points this year, which I'll, I you know, I, I mentioned on the podcast last week. So that's, a, you know, a feather in Shotty's cap, you know, because he'll take that into his next job. Oh, yeah, you know, you know, it was my offense that put up record points and everything like that. Or is it, you could know, so are we, go on. James, go on,
1: could, sorry, could I just jump in with that? Like,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. That point there really pisses me off.
0: I knew it would.
1: <laughs> like, record points. What's it got on us? Like, Jalen Ramsey did it perfectly in that video on the field where he went, take your little hats and your T-shirts and go home while yeah. we got a division title. But where, where has it got on us? Division titles mean shit. Super Bowl means everything. Yeah. But don't worry, because we, we were 12-4 and 4 and we keep on getting a winning record and we put loads of points up. I couldn't give a shit. Like... I put the minimal amount of points in the league. If when in the postseason, came, we just torched everyone.
0: Yeah. So oh, I, I just wanted to this to I, get I do budget. that. <laughs> I do that. I pissed you off. That's why I said it. <laughs> um, so yeah, Matt. Is it? Is it? Are you? Were you a Shotty fan? Were you sad to see him go? Were you happy to see him go? And 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 sort of, who are you? you know are you in favor of bringing in an offensive coordinator that's going to maybe you know establish this run game a bit more or would you like to see us persist with this sort of pass happy and leprous cook you know how do you see it uh, uh, playing out for the future
2: yeah um i at the start of the season when we had those games where there was some great plays and you know we were playing pretty well apart from the defense obviously but I was I was in the shotty fan group. Um, yeah, you know I, I I I rated him very highly at the start of the season, mm-hmm. um, and then as it went on, you know I started to realise okay something's not quite right here. And yeah, I don't know. Obviously, where we where they said what was it they they cited philosophical was it philosophical differences or, Philosoph- or yeah, something so, like that
3: yeah yeah.
2: You know that kind of suggests to me that there was a bit of a conflict between between Pete and um, Schottenheimer was that oh, Brian definitely. yeah Brian yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: um,
2: so I can't believe I forgot that one um, <laughs> so yeah I, I don't know whether it was them ar- you know, arguing over plays you know as, as, you, as we mentioned about that that fourth and one where Schofi thinks he called his best play yeah and then Pete just went nah not doing that, so I don't know. It seems like there was there was maybe some conflict mm-hmm. between the two of them. Um, whether again, the whether that work would have worked out. If I mean, I, you know, I like Pete Carroll, but he does have his problems. Yeah, and whether that, you know, if we had a different head coach with Shotty, would that have worked? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a tough one because you can never really from the outside it's hard to tell what the what the issue is whether it's you know whether it is Pete or whether it's Brian you know you, you don't know from, yeah. from the outside world like you don't know if shot if shot is saying something in the skybox where he's, where we assume he's been banished um <laughs> who knows um but you know whether he's saying one thing up there and then Pete's saying another thing, I, I, I wouldn't. We wouldn't know. Um, mm. it's a, it's a strange one, but I think the one you know in terms of play calling, it, it, it was during that Rams game when we ran the wide receiver screen.
3: Yeah,
2: and DK got picked off, and I yeah. don't know why. You wouldn't notice that the uh, the call was it. Whoever it was, but was it Ramsey that was covering him in press coverage?
0: Yeah, why? I think Yeah, he was covering him. I can't yeah. remember who actually got uh, who the lad was who got the pick six. Um, I think I was too busy with my head in my hands watching it as yeah, he ran. Yeah, now, I
2: wasn't paying attention, I just saw the ball <laughs> go the wrong way. Yeah. Um but if you could see maybe someone's gonna well, A, why would you run wide receiver screen when someone's in press coverage? And yeah. B, why would you run, run a wide receiver screen to DK Metcalf when you know that someone else is probably going to join in on the action and cover him, which is exactly what happened. So, you know, the, the screen, yeah. it should be such a safe play.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And you normally play it to, you know, I guess kind of one of your receivers that they don't really think about as much. And maybe it's not they're not going to be covered as yeah. heavily as DK normally is. It's normally David so, Moore,
0: isn't it?
2: Yeah. Like the the screen is so effective. Yeah. So it's brilliant because if you know, if you make one DB miss all of a sudden, you know, you've got some yards in front of you and you can get maybe a first down, maybe more. Mm-hmm. But getting picked off on a screen. Like that was the first time it happened this season. Yeah. First time a QB has been picked off on a wide receiver screen this whole oh. season. And how many games was there in the regular season? Two hundred
0: and fifty-six. Yeah, yeah. Just,
1: to, just to quickly, yep. bot in? It was Williams who picked it off, and I'm pretty sure oh, he's yeah. picked Russ off three times this year.
0: Oh well, if he's up for a contract renewal, then we'll have him then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, 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 it just as as soon as he dropped back and looked to his left, I I don't know what, but I just I just knew that was getting picked. You could see him, like you say, you could see him in press coverage, and it just. Instantly gave me flashbacks of the uh, the Budabaker one against the Cardinals. Just, just completely, and that's. I mean, if it's Shotty making that play call, then you know, like I say, I can't. I don't really know if I am going to blame Shotty for calling the screen because he said, as he said, you know, with the with the weapons that we've got, a screen should be effective. You know, DK Metcalf in the open field should is practically untackleable. Uh, so if you get it to his hands in the open field, then fair enough. You know, there is nothing wrong with that call, but. So I'm thinking, is that more than Russ who's just looked at that and hasn't seen that read? Is it, he's just not spotted that corner? or He's seen the corner playing press coverage, and he's just for whatever reason disregarded it and still thought it was just so many sort of things that were just concerning me about Russell Wilson in this second half of the season that it, it it's, his decision making just seems to is um I mean, his arm talent is is never been disputed. Everyone. Knows how good of a deep ball passer he is. Every can you know make every throw in the book, whatever you want, do whatever you want, call whatever you want. He can make it. But his his decision making in the second half of the season was ju- has just been so so questionable at times, which is just completely on Russell Wilson. And it, I, I mean, I, I'm trying to find excuses here just to try and you know reassure myself yeah. that this won't <laughs> this won't sort of go on forever, but. You know, he's he's started his own podcast this year. He was, you know, he, he he's he's done a lot of things off the field this year that some people might look at as sort of potential distractions and stuff like that. I, I mean, how much you want to read into all that is is, is up to you so and and everyone listening. But it's just something something has not seemed right with Russell Wilson in the second half of the season. Whether it's been internal sort of, you know, falling outs, disagreements between player calls and everything like that. You know, we won't. Properly know that we probably probably won't ever know that um, for sure. But I just, I, I mean, I, I'm confident that Russ won't carry this on it next season. He'll put this right. But it's just been, oh, it's been such a weird one, hasn't it?
2: See, that's the thing. I mean, you know, we, again, you, you're talking about his de- decision making and things like that. I mean, mm. you know, I can't really be one to de- one to judge because I'm not an NFL, <laughs> yeah. but. On a, on a play like that, you always have an option. You, you have, what, four receivers, maybe five receivers if we've emptied the backfield. Yeah. And if you see something like that happening, you pump fake it. You know, you could have gone for the throw and then just grab the ball. And then if there's no one else open, just run and get a few yards.
3: Yeah. Just,
2: you know, there's always an option on a play. Like, if it's a busted play... Or if there's coverage like that, and you have any doubts about it, I don't think you know. Never make a throw you have doubts about, unless it's a hail mary right at the end or something. Um, But Mm -hmm. it's just it's frustrating because you see decisions like that, and you look at it and go, "Why didn't he just go to the next option? Or Why didn't he hold it and run it?" And whether that's a case of the offensive line not giving him enough time, or whether that's Mm -hmm. just... Mm You know, pressure from from the coaches. I don't know because there was that moment in the game where DK got heated because he wasn't getting the ball.
3: Yeah, and then yeah. they
2: try and force the ball to him, and look what happened. Yeah, uh, it's it's a strange conundrum,
1: really, it, it, to, to yeah. work
2: out because you know if you've got players like that who are getting agitated that they're not getting the ball, and then you try and force it to them, and then give up and mm-hmm. pick it. It just doesn't work. You yeah. know and then, if we're saying about Russ not going through his options, whether that's an offensive line problem, you know the it's so the a good offensive line is obviously so important, mm. but they do get you know there was a phrase I saw the other day it was a, something like last to fame, first to blame, or something like that alignment <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's so true um but you know there's I don't know, it's just, there's, there's this, this one play is really annoying me about this whole game. Obviously, it's annoyed everyone. But, yeah. you know, it's just frustrating you see him make that choice to go to a player who you know is going to get double coverage and, yeah. he's, and he's, you know, he's imp- when the DB's in press coverage with him. You know, it's just, it's frustrating. And I don't know if that's something that's going to change Soon we're better, but
0: yeah, better, I, yeah, I
2: just don't know how it's going to work. I mean, you know, with if DK keeps getting frustrated that he's not getting the mm-hmm. ball, and then they keep going, Oh, yeah, we'll we'll run a play to give him the ball. That's just going to cause so many issues, like we saw.
0: Oh, uh, absolutely, it's, it's um, frustrating like you say, I think that that play was just such a it was so frustrating because it was so simple, it was just so. It was such an unnecessary mistake. Fair enough, if he's if he's you know cooking up a sixty yard, seventy yard bomb to try and hit DK, which he tried to on multiple occasions and and didn't quite get him. If that gets intercepted, then do you know what? Fair enough, you know they're back probably you know down in their own ten yard line if he's throwing it that far. If it gets intercepted anyway, it's you know going to act as a punt. Yes, it's still frustrating, but you know it's not the worst pick he could have thrown. But yeah. that was just so, yeah. It's just, it's just head scratching as to and it's and it's because we're not used to this from Russell Wilson. Um with you know, other teams and other fans of other teams will see their quarterback make these kind of throws every week and they're just used to it. But as us, us as Seahawks fans, we're not used to seeing this from, from Russell Wilson. I don't think there's been a stretch of sort of eight to ten games from the sort of um you know as as you get to about week eight week nine the the loss against the Bills ever since then ever since that, that bang on halfway mark I haven't seen a stretch of games as as that have been as bad from Russell Wilson since he's entered the league since he's been with the Seahawks and it's just it, it's concerning it, it the play is concerning Russell's Russ's game is is completely concerning and everyone has a right to think you know I think we as fans have a right to sort of Get on his back a bit and demand a bit more from Russell because that wasn't good enough, and and, and a lot of the blame does have to lie on his door as well. Um, so Pez, do you want to have the the final word on the on the player calling? I like say it's one of it's your specialist subject in the in the, re, in the recent podcast, old old Schottenheimer in the player calling. So it's only right you have the the final word on it. mate.
1: Yeah, um, it kind of merged into talking about Russ as well, so that's where I really wanted to just have a say on really because um, you're yeah. right what you said about that that play Yeah that was 100% Russ's fault in my opinion like yeah. you do not do the screen with DK of all people because the defense as talented as the Rams are just going to look at that and go okay then just 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 crab that area do not matter yeah. put three in there yeah. it doesn't matter because that's where he's going to go he's, it was it's like you said it was so unlike Russ it it was mm-hmm. It was like robotic. It's like you it's like something like Daniel Jones or someone would do. Like, yeah. you know, one of these just like average like QBs, yeah. yeah. Who you do that play, don't think about anything else. Okay, then I'll do that play. And it's just like Yeah. It just culminated in again the the just the meltdown he had. And like I look at it and I just think yet again for two seasons in a row. Russ, at the end of the year, has said, we need to play more up-tempo, we need to play more at tempo just like last year at the end of the uh, Green Bay game. Up-tempo, 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 whilst Pete Carroll on the other side is saying the total opposite. Yeah. Now, has Russ had enough of his shit? Remember when Richard Sherman left, he openly came out and said, there's only so much of the same thing you can listen to over and over again. Yeah. Like, has Russ had enough? Is that this season was when... Things went bad, and he had a few few pigs, and Pete was like, no, 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 you've had your turn, like a proper micromanager. He's like, I'll give you an opportunity, but this all falls on my head. So once you mess up once, that's all you get. And they messed up a couple of games, and that was it. Pete was like, no, no, I don't like this, because it's just almost like Pete's just hanging on from his success from years gone. Yeah. And he's just like, no, I want the control. And I think it just sucked everything out of Russ because Russ was like, oh, I'm eventually running the offense. I'm eventually like Tom Brady. All these, like, he wants to be a great, all the greats. They all have a hand in their offense. It's like, you hear it's Brady's offense, Breeze's mm-hmm. offense, Rodgers' offense. Like. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's. Um... And Russ
1: had yeah. his offense. It went a little bit wrong. They had a couple of really bad games. But if I'm Pete Carroll, I'm like, okay, then let's carry on with this. Because by the end of the season, you go out on your sword, mate, because then I'm going to prove to you that you're wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just let let, let it carry on. But then that comes into the play call and shot an It wasn't good enough to sustain in an offence like that, um, as we saw with our own eyes. We don't know what went on in the background, but clearly Schoenheimer was just too basic to evolve a playbook of that pass heavy around a player like Russell Wilson at the end of the day he fucking was he was at like the Jets man <laughs> did he get fired from the fucking jet yeah like come on yeah like when that when he signed him I was like the Jets me and my brother messaged each other, the Jets what so mm. um, Another thing with Russ is, he always bangs on about this neutral mind of his ever since.
0: I was going to mention that. Yeah, Yeah. he does.
1: Now, being neutral, does that mean he's not speaking enough? Yeah. Because he seems to just be all this cliche, like everyone said, cliche, Russell Wilson, no point listening to him. Everything's the same. Like, you don't give anything else. And then the off-season comes when all the wheels fall off and he's all like, up-tempo, explosives, this, that. say for the yeah. season, mate. Like, seriously, have a bit about you and just say, bam. Mm-hmm. You know, so even though I'm going to go in at shotty, I'm going to go in at Pete more than anything, it doesn't mean that I don't think Ross is heavily to blame because, man, go and watch them last couple of games back. Just look how tidy he is. He's going into he's going into uh, huddles. Was it yeah. uh, against the 49ers? Yeah, he went into the huddle and he looked he looked exhausted. He looked drained of all his energy. And I noticed it a couple of games on the sideline when they shot him when he was in the huddle. He didn't just he didn't look sharp at all. And
0: no, no. I mean, it, and, it's, it's yeah. Go on.
1: I'm, I'm just gonna say that. The consistency he's shown, I couldn't imagine the wheels just completely falling off, and I couldn't imagine like some people said the league has figured him out. And in the day, he's been in the league nine years now, and it's only the last couple of years where people have been questioning what he's actually about. And mm. the, the 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 alignment there is Schottenheimer, in my opinion. Like Russ proven it with Bevel and other OCs that he can still become like come to the status he's got. So oh yeah. With Russ, I'm not conf- I'm not like I'm not concerned. I think this off season he'll he'll sit down like with whatever team he's got around him and they'll re-figure it all out and then he'll come back good.
0: Absolutely. Um I mean for me I'm 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 not concerned with Russell either Russell's played behind apart from the Super Bowl offensive lines, which still weren't a, a, the best in the league, by the way, there was there was good players on them, but yeah, they were, still weren't the best overall unit. But Russell's played behind some absolute Voldemorts of offensive linemen, Luke Joggle, Jermaine fedi that I could sit here for hours and hours and talk about the offensive linemen that the, the Seahawks organisation has gone out and put in front to block Russell Wilson. It's, it's criminal, the guys that they've given him, and he's still reached the levels that he's reached. So I'm not convinced... That Russell Wilson is a long-term problem? Absolutely not. I'm happy with Russell Wilson. I wouldn't really want, you know, you could maybe argue that Mahomes and Rogers, you know, would you take either of them two above Wilson? That's another debate for another day. But Wilson, Wilson's our quarterback. I'm happy with Wilson. I, I wasn't happy with Shotty. They made a change there, and hopefully they'll be. Ha- I'll be happy with the offensive coordinator that comes in. So I'm not too concerned with that. Sort of going forward, I'm optimistic that they've spotted some things and they've they've acted quickly and they'll they'll rectify that. The problem I have going forward for me is, and I'm going to say it, it's Pete Carroll, and Pete, <laughs> yes, Pete Carroll's a legend. Yes, he's won a Super Bowls, but the thing that's always sort of not sat right with me with Pete Carroll is his his absolutely just stupid philosophy that he quotes and he comes out after every win. Can you win the game in the first quarter? No, you can't. Apparently can you win a game in the second quarter well apparently not can you win a game in the third quarter well you guessed it apparently not but in the fourth quarter you can that that that's when you're allowed to win games well i w- i would like to to sort of bring in uh Matt LaFleur from from the Green Bay Packers i'd like to bring in Andy Reid from the Kansas City Chiefs and i'd like to bring in Bill Belichick and i'd like to bring in these guys and and sort of propose this philosophy to them saying well do you think you, you can win a game in the in the first half can you win a game in the first quarter? Second quarter? Uh, yeah, you can. I've seen the Chiefs and the Packers put up 30, 40 points by half time this season and, and, and have had games won against decent teams this season. So, to say that it, what he's effectively saying is there is the first three quarters, whatever happens, doesn't matter. That games are only won in the fourth quarter and in, and in the final minutes. And, you know, looking at that and reading that, well, it's no coincidence that the Seahawks always play close games then because. The 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 games aren't over till the fourth quarter anyway, so that that's why we always, you know, just barely scrape the wins that we get. It was only the Jets this season that was that was a comfortable game, really. Um, so I and for, and you, I I don't think anyone will sort of argue that you could get a, a head coach that would suit Russell Wilson's game more than Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll doesn't suit Russell Wilson's game for me anymore. Did did when he first came in, because he he was you know he still got a lot of energy and still got you know I you know all this stuff that Pete Carroll we love about Pete Carroll that stuff that we love about Pete Carroll he's all we love his energy and we love all that about him and Russ does too, but his his playbook his system and everything like that Russell Wilson is not the same quarterback that we drafted when Pete Carroll came in Russell you do not see Russell Wilson you know he he's he's a much bigger he's much he's he's much more physical now he doesn't take off on these 80, you know, 70, 80 yard runs where, like you say, on this screenplay that got picked off by the Rams where he would have pumped fake but and then and then ran for 60, 70 yards. He, he doesn't do this anymore. He's not this type of... He's not as a mobile quarterback as we think anymore. He, yes, he still makes mobile players, but Russell Wilson is now going to have to rely on his arm talent a lot more now in these in, in, for the rest of his career because his legs, you know, are starting to betray him. So you, you need a head coach that sort of recognises that and, and adjusts to that. And I don't see Pete Carroll doing that. And I don't see his philosophy sitting right with, with players. And you're talking about Richard Sherman coming out saying, oh, I can only handle so much of this corny, same sort of fourth quarter rubbish that Pete Carroll comes out with. And I've heard it from different players. I've heard it from Marshawn Lynch. You, you've heard it from Earl Thomas. Some of these legendary figures, some of these guys with such high status in the Seahawks locker room, come out and saying, well, his, his philosophy, you know, people are getting sick of it. So I just think for if if this team this team is too talented is what I'm trying to say. This team is too talented over the next few years to be wasted on poor coaching that doesn't suit this team. this team, if they continue to draft well and continue to sign sort of free agents in the offseason that come in and make an impact like guys like Brandon Shell have. And, and other guys like DJ Reed, pickups like that, if they continue to do that, this team is absolutely Super Bowl calibre. They need a new left tackle in the next year or two because Dwayne Brown's old and, and he won't be able to do it for the next couple of years. That's the main position of need and then another guard. If you sort that out, this team, this team can go to multiple Super Bowls in the next five, six, seven years. They absolutely can. And to be quite honest, they should with the talent they have. But... I'm worried that with Pete Carroll at the helm and with the power control that he has, and you know, it's it's evident that this is his team and it's his way, and it and and you've got to buy into Pete Carroll or you don't buy into it at all. I I I worry that that's going to hold us back. I don't know if anyone wants a final word on that. That was my little sort of mini Pete Carroll rant, by the way, segment of the podcast. But if if anyone's got a word on on Pete Carroll, I mean, it, do you do you agree? Do you sort of would you rather sort of see someone like a I don't know, like a, a LaFleur from the 49ers or a Cliff King Kingsbury, someone who's younger and more sort of fruitful in, in ideas. What what do you think, Pete Carroll? Are we are we happy with the five year extension or are we sort of um,
1: uh,
0: Yeah, go on. I'll just
1: I'll just jump in because just listening to you boils my fucking button. <laughs> Honestly. Oh. Like I've been banging the drum for about Three years my brother's been on it about four and I I argued with him about it saying no no you're talking crap but then the season after midway through I was like right I can see exactly what he means now and ever since that he's the thing with him is we have a winning record we get to the postseason every time whoopty fucking do but after that second Super Bowl appearance what 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 have we accomplished? What have we nothing. actually done? We've done fuck all. Oh well, wow, we're twelve and four. Wicked. Well, Stato's can take that mm-hmm. and go and put it in the little record book and then smile at themselves because we had a winning record. Did he cheese, nothing? He has. Yeah. Like we we might not have regressed as some other teams do in front of your eyes, but yeah. m- more the better word. We stalled. We're stale. We don't seem to progress with no. Pete there. Uh, honestly, I don't... I don't Like, I fought it for a good couple of years. Now, like you said, it's either Pete's way or no way. Who's going to want to come in in OC or um, or DC and actually think, oh, this is a good opportunity for me to show what I can do when Pete's just going to have the final word on everything. Every tiny little thing about this team is like a micromanager... And it just winds me up. Um, like, you don't know. I don't know what it is this season. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's because journalists can't go in the locker room so they can have their own spin on things. But yeah. Pete is just proving himself to be the biggest liar mm-hmm. I've ever seen in front of my eyes who goes on national media. Like, he might be worse than the government. <laughs> let, me, let me just get this tweet up what um, Matty Brown put up. Pete Carroll, at the end of season presser on the 11th, the true loyalty is the people who will tell you what you need to hear when you might not want to hear it. Two days later, Brian Schottenheim is fired because of f- philosophical differences.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, like, he's just lying. Like, where, yeah. where's, where's my freaking other tweet? This guy winds me up, mate. Um, I'm, I'm not worried at all about the offence. You worry about the offense. I'm not worried about the offense. Three, four times we heard that. Well, Pete, you better start worrying about the offense now, mate, because you just got embarrassed against the Rams in your home, in your own stadium. Absolutely. Yet again, lied. Like, how many lies do we have to listen to before people just have enough? Mm. Like, before the locker room just gets sick of it, like, gets sick of the shite that comes out of his mouth. Like, I just had so much. We've covered a lot of the stuff what I put down, but um, another Jordan Schultz put a tweet up what I saved as well for the podcast. Yeah. Unprepared, no game plan, no concept of clock management, set up his team to fail on every level, nothing new, and a trend of the Seahawks, fans know all too well, brutal culture beyond words, and that sums up what he's done. And it just makes me worry that... Has he lost the locker room? Because uh, Yeah. There's a lot of stuff on social media going, oh, this person stopped following this person, this person. And other people have said, well, they didn't actually follow him in the first place. Now, if it's true that they've unfollowed, then mm-hmm. to me that shows that he could have potentially, is, is there a rift? Has he lost the locker room? Because if I was in that locker room, mate, I would be pissed. Like, oh, yeah listening to the crap he comes out with, the lies he says to all the fans, all of us. We're here relying on him to give us information. I know mm. there's gamesmanship and I know there's this, that and the other, but like Daryl Taylor, there don't need to be gamesmanship. Teams aren't shitting themselves thinking, oh, Daryl Taylor's going to come on the edge and destroy us. Yeah. No, just be honest with us. No, he isn't ready. He might not make it this year. Sound, mate. Wicked. Thank That's you for what
0: that. what we were saying last week, wasn't it? To save him.
1: Yeah, save him. First podcast, just save him,
0: oh, mate. Honestly, wait, I mean, I'll 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 pass it over to Matt in a sec. But just just so I can uh, you know boil everyone's blood just before I pass it on to Matt. Twelve and four this season, which is you know it's a good record. But let me let me just let me just run you through the four teams that we've lost to this season, and this is why, with without Pete Carroll, with with a better coaching I'm going to make the case we should have been at least 15-1 and this season, if not 16-0. So we lost to the Cardinals in week seven by three points. We lost to the Bills in week nine by 10 points, 34-44. to We lost in week 10 to the Rams, 16-23. to And then we've lost in week 13 against the Giants. And I'm, I can feel myself tensing up as I'm saying that we lost to the Giants, 17-12. Those four teams, the Cardinals, the Bills, the Rams, and the Giants, there's only the Bills on the road there that I would have sort of looked at that out of them four teams if we were to play these teams these next four teams so if we had a sort of mini season at the end of the season if we were to play the next four weeks the Cardinals the Bills the Rams and the Giants in those exact same scenarios we might lose to the Bills but we win them three games we we should have been 15 and one this season at least just
1: to jump in there, we'd have lost what? to the Rams in LA because Russell Wilson just can't play in LA for whatever
0: reason. Charges around fourteen and two then. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like when you see the schedule, like just put Owen one straight away because he he a is terrible in LA. I don't know what it is, I don't know if they've cursed him in there, but yeah, he's awful. Like <laughs> I just wanted to jump easy. in and say
0: that. And 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 just quick about Pete Caroline and that As I go back to the thing about him quite literally the day before Pete, uh, Brian Schottenheimer got fired him saying that he's he's not going to be fired he's going to be with us next season that that meeting will have already happened with him and and shot him. if it hadn't they would have known the feeling that them two would have had between each other anyway you know they would have talked straight after that game I have no doubt just say he's not going to be you know why why can't I say oh yeah oh, he's definitely going to be with us next season you don't need to look in any Schottenheimer firing rumors? So within under twenty-four hours, he's he's gone. He's fired. He's out the building. That doesn't make any sense. If he, he knows at that point that Schottenheimer and him can't work together next season, they they will know this philosophical differences thing is 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 causing a rift, and they aren't going to be with each other next season. So why come out and tell everyone that that he is going to be here? It just it just it just. If I was an offensive coordinator and we talked a little bit about this off air, if, if, if I was an offensive coordinator, I wouldn't be looking at this now, sort of, uh, you know, filling me with confidence that I'm going to be treated well in this in, in a Seahawks job if I was to come to it. We'll come to that again in a little bit later on, but I just wanted to put that out there before we come to Matt to end this segment on shotty and the play calling and the sort of the Rams game in general. What, what are your thoughts on Pete Carroll, mate? Are you sort of... I mean, like I say, I I I believe we're going to be stuck with him for another five years, regardless. Anyway, now, Um, so there's probably not much point talking about uh, talking about firing him and and everything like that. So, but would you, if if you were in charge, if you had the reins to to the Seahawks, and you could make, you know, if you had the option to to fire Pete Carroll and bring someone else in, would you fire him? Would you bring someone else in? Is there someone? Better and, and more beneficial to the Seahawks offense that we could get with Pete Carroll, or, or are you sort of are you comfortable with him going forward?
2: Um, I mean, he's you know he's he's proven his point. I mean, we know he's a good coach. Well, mm-hmm. kind of he <laughs> was was a good coach. Well, yeah, that's probably maybe, more fair. Maybe as we said, his ways might not have you know. Then he might not be changing his, his his views, you know his 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 methodology, how he goes about things. Um, as Russ gets older, as and as players change and things like that, um, but it, you know it's hard to say whether bringing in a, a new head coach is that effective straight away, because you know it, it depends who's available. Yeah, like someone like you know Lafleur wouldn't give up the Green Bay job. No, you know, maybe I don't know. Maybe Shanahan might uh, might leave San Fran for us. I don't know. Possibly. Regional rivalry it's a tough one. Yeah, uh, but I can't see many other coaches leaving the positions they're in to no. go elsewhere. Yeah, you know, I mean if you're hell, even if you're like the Bengals head coach, I mean you've got Joe Burrow. You've got some great yeah. players. You know, you're just you're just getting started. You're building up
3: the, yeah, yeah. the team.
2: You know, I can't see I can't see any other NFL coaches going anywhere at the minute. No. Head coaches, that is. Um, I mean, excuse me. There are a lot of teams that are looking out for head coaches as well.
3: So, mm-hmm.
2: you know, I know I know for one, the Chargers are looking for for a head coach, and yeah. I can't. You know, they're in a good position. They've got a, you know, they've got a great team as it is, and a lot of draft picks and a lot yeah. of scope for for future proofing. Whereas yeah. we don't necessarily have that that future proofing ability, if that makes sense. You know, I, I can't see I can't see many coaches other than Pete Carroll, you know, having the job. You're looking at
0: someone from like college, aren't you? Coming up and, and taking yeah. a job, aren't you? Yeah.
1: Would, would you, sorry, Matt, uh, would you take someone like uh, everyone's saying on social media, Eric B. Enemy? Do you know someone, an OC who's as dynamic as him with like Mahomes? And would you not take a risk on him as the head coach? Because then you know that Russ is going to get the backing to play his offense and. To his, to his ability? Would you not take, like, an OC or someone like
2: that? Well, oh, oh, I I mean, I'd take it, yeah. But is he going to leave, you know, is someone like that going to leave a team like Kansas City? You know, mm. who's going to leave a team that's got Patrick Mahomes, Kyrie Hill, Travis Kelsey? You know, I mean, yeah, all right, you'll be going from an OC to a head coach, which is a massive step. Yeah. But are you really going to leave... A team like that? I, I mean, I
1: would. I'd, I'd, I'd say for a head coaching job, because surely, like, these top-named defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, surely they, surely that is their end goal. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know what you mean, because, like, he might just be happy, he might be cushy with what he's got going on, but... I think if a head coach's job came his way, I think it surely it would attract especially the Seahawks because they've like we said before, they've got the talent there. Like, could you imagine him just like getting his hands on Ross and DK? Yeah.
3: You
2: know um, what I mean? We have. I think we I was saying, you know, I I reckon an off- yeah obviously an offensive coordinator would their, their goal as you say is to get into that head coach role. But at the same time, if you're, you know, if you're an OC, you think okay, you're you're surveying the jobs that are available. You're looking at teams that have got future prospects, which we've got a few. You're looking at teams that have got again future proofing. And you're looking at teams... in. Well, this is what I think you look for. You'd be looking for a good cap space and good draft picks. We don't have three of those, I think. We, we're not exactly future-proofed because a lot of our best players are, are getting on a little bit now. You know, we. I mean, yes, we've got a, a few prospects. I mean, you know, we all gush about Jordan Brooks week in, week out. We haven't done that yet mm-hmm. this week. We need to do that.
3: Um, LAUGHTER
2: but you know it's, it's coming if, if you're looking let's 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 go into an imaginary world for a second where Pete Carroll got fired at the end of the season Get it. and you're looking at so you're, you're an offensive coordinator and you're looking at the jobs that are available you've got Seattle Chargers Jags uh was it Texans that are on the hunt for someone yeah, uh, I think the Lions are as well because that was a, is an interim guy um, trying to think Jets Yeah, and I think that was it now out of those I mean if it were me I'd look at that and go straight away I'd go bang, charges, straight away mm-hmm. you've got a team that's capable of winning games you know, I wouldn't even consider I mean as a Seahawks fan I would consider the Seahawks role obviously yeah. but you know if if you're if you're purely in the business of wanting to be a head coach, you know you'd be stupid not to pick the charges, or may, maybe even the Jets in a way because you could, you know, tailor them to your own team a bit more because I get they've got our draft picks for the next two years, first round picks. So, yeah, you know, it, it, in my in in this imaginary head coach world that I've come up with, like you're the head coach, you know. <laughs> you know, we we are deciding which team we want to go to. And, mm-hmm. you know, Seattle probably wouldn't even be maybe probably be the fourth option, maybe. I mean even the Jags would be a consideration. You know first ra- you got you got the first pick overall in the draft. Mm-hmm. They, I don't know what the rest of their draft schedule looks like. But
0: pretty stocked I think.
2: They, I mean, I know it's not all about the draft. Obviously, you want to have you want to go to a team that's got these talented players already. Yeah, and I reckon, you know, yeah, we like I said, yeah, we've got talented players. But I don't know. I don't like I said, I don't think a head coach would look straight away and go, "Oh yeah, Seattle job, perfect." I would think if it were me, I'd say, "Oh, Chargers job, have a." okay season in the first year and see how you know see how my team works yeah second year great improve from there and you know take take a franchise like that to to a new level whereas i think yeah. have expectation
0: to do i that think it would be yeah i think and i completely get what you say i think it's sort of do you value sort of draft capital and cap space in terms of like building a project, building a team up from sort of the ground up and, and sort of leaving a legacy somewhere or would you rather walk in day one and you know you've got pretty much all the talent you need to take them all the way but you haven't got much cap space, which the Seahawks don't have going next year even with the reduced cap space um, for everyone next year? Um, and and you, obviously, <laughs> we, we may as well not even turn up at draft weekend with three picks. We may as well just you know we may as well just email them in and just pick them from home. There's no point even turning up. Um, but it's 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 a tough one to to weigh up and and we'll get on to the uh, the questions that everyone sent in because I can see that is uh, we'll get that, uh, we'll, we're on it now. So we may as well address this question first. Um, just for me, sorry. I mean, you on. said we.
2: Need- new left tackle Mm. I mean sign myself up get myself in the draft do you reckon that's a
1: that's a
0: possibility I'll be ready for next season
1: 100%
0: (laughs) you can't do much work I mean preferably if you can can you make the switch to left guard for your party
2: I could do anything
0: right well then you're in if
2: if I wanted if I wanted to play in the NFL I would be I'd switch to any position on the line if, if I could um you know i you know personally i've got i think i've got the, the mental capacity to do it maybe not quite yeah. the physical capacity but <laughs> you know it's all in the mentals all in the mentals
0: Fair enough. as much um, um, as so. yeah <laughs> oh god that did be- Marshall Lynch, we'll have to do a podcast on him because he's just an absolute you you could talk about him as, as your own podcast, right? We're gonna try and get him on. That, that is the ultimate aim for this podcast That'll to get Marshall insane. Lynch on. We'll get beast mode <laughs> on and just <laughs> and then we'll then we'll talk about friggin', you know, franchise. Of... You are? <laughs> you no, we'll it go
2: Every question will be answered as yeah. Well,
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: like, Actually, honestly, it, I
0: love he'd, tell you, he'd tell you about friction in the franchise he'd answer all the questions that we'd have about Pete Carroll and his philosophy and everything like that. I reckon if um, we've got
1: Shaq, on, Shaq Griffin on, I think he would be quite outspoken, isn't he? I reckon he'd be all up mm. for uh, dishing the dirt.
0: I mean... <laughs> I think Shaq Griffin might need to tread carefully if he comes on this podcast, because we've we've thrown him under the bus a few times as well. Get the wrath
2: of
0: Pez. Yeah, get the wrath of Pez. A truck driver from Preston. (laughs)
1: That's not right. right, right.
0: He he must be thinking, what has my career come to if I'm getting bollocked by an HGV driver from Preston? (laughs)
1: Um,
0: Anyway... We'll get on to the questions. Um, Luca very kindly pairs your brother has got in touch with us. Um, and, we, and like I say, we've, we've touched on it briefly here. Um, is, his first question is, is the Seahawks offensive coordinator job even a desirable proposition anymore? And I think, like I say, I think we've sort of largely answered that. But for me, it, it's a desirable position in the sense of, like I say, you would walk in and you've got pretty much all the offensive talent you would need to go on a Super Bowl run. Um but it's whether you're prepared to, like I say, put up with this potential friction in, in terms of, you know, OK, you've got that, you know, you can call some of the players, but Pete Carroll's saying, ultimately, if I don't like a player, I'm going to take controls. So then is it really even a job? Are you just pretty much an assistant head coach? Are you just, like, what even are you? Like, is a you know, it, it's pretty clear from this season that Brian Schottenheimer hasn't had the reins completely to the to the player calling. Um, so... It, it's a desirable proposition yes in the sense of the town that you would have is it a desirable proposition in the sense of some of the colleagues that you might have to work with and put up with every day possibly not I don't know what you have to say about that anymore that we haven't already said
1: um I'd say Matt put it pretty put it right pretty uh good there I went quite technically well into it um because I just looked at it very basic like John Snyder would have a, Good appeal on someone to come here because of how good he is as a GM. He's probably like one of the best in yeah. the NFL. Yeah, and the team. It depends who you are as a person. Like, like like Matt said. Like, if you if you wanted to build something from the ground up and go the long game, then yeah, the Jets, the Jags, that's great. But um, for us, for example, it's like if you're just going to be a yes man, then yeah, come along, come come down, come down and uh, join the team and just get into running the football. But by the sounds of it, he's just, he's just looking for run heavy OCs, isn't he, really?
0: He's looking for someone who's prepared to sort of acknowledge that he's in charge, I think, isn't he? Sort of like, just just call these run players and, and leave the sort of play calling, you know, throwing the ball to me and Russ. Sort of you you call the easy players, we'll call the difficult players. I, and I, as like I say, as a guy coming in, if I've got DK Metcalf, if I've got Tyler Lockett, if I've got Freddie Sway and David Moore, whoever you want to talk about, if I've got them available to me, I I want I, I wanna use them. I wanna I wanna play call these guys out. You know, I don't want you doing it. You you know you know you you sort out the defence, you're a defensive head coach, you leave the offence to me. Like I, I, I wouldn't get that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um you've just gotta be he might as well just ring his best mate. Just ring his best mate pretty much.
0: He's got his time. uh his son, isn't it? Isn't his son just gone to Yeah everything. to
1: Yeah, but he regrets that, doesn't he? Arizona Arizona. Something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm.
1: the only options I can think of are getting someone through college who might be prepared to Just gain the experience from such a well-respected, experienced head coach. Yeah, and like basically take his whole run game approach and build it into a wider playbook for somewhere else. Yeah, because it's it's true. It's just like you are scratching your head at the moment, thinking, "Who is?" Actually, going to want to take that job,
0: mm-hmm. and like I say, that's the problem they've got. For me, I think it'll be interesting if if they hire a guy saying like the late twenties, early thirties. I think that would signify to me that this guy coming in is is happy to take you know for PCar to take the reins. If, for example, they were to hire someone like Doug Peterson, who's in his fifties and has been an offensive coordinator before, if he was to come in, there's no way that Doug Peterson would would sit here and in up in that skybox and and. Have Pete Carroll in his ear saying you're not in, you're not fully in charge. There's there's no way. So if if now, we saw a bit of experience coming, in, I think that might be a sign of change, possibly.
1: Now, um, Doug Peterson. The thing is, though, it would never happen because no, Pete Carroll has the overall ruling. If 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 he he, he he's contracting that and his power wasn't as it was, John Snyder would bring them in. Yeah. GM, but it's not, it doesn't work like that see how Pete picks his guy, now the intriguing thing about Doug Peterson is, is just say he burnt himself out being the head coach for the Eagles for so long and just thinks I want to step back I want something a little bit easier yeah. he'd, be awesome. very, he'd be very interesting because the fact is he would give Pete what he wants No, he, he, he'd give Pete a dynamic run game because the Eagles had a really good run game with Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. Yeah. So he'd bring that element to the table for Pete. Now it's whether the whole, like, you know, his special plays like Philly Philly and things like that, what he he liked to do with the Eagles, is Pete going to allow that? Because that's when them two will argue straight away. In my opinion, I don't think Doug Peterson will stand too long. If If he's like, all right, I'll come there, I'll take a bit of a downgrade for a bit, like, couple of years out from head coach. I'll give you your dynamic run game you want. But then I also wanna I've got a handful of plays that I can really use DK with. Yeah. And if Pete says yes and they get on board then it could be really good. If he doesn't oh, yeah. then I could see well then that'll go south within half of halfway through the season, in my opinion.
0: Oh absolutely. Um Matt, have you got anything to add on that before we move on to another question?
2: Um, I don't think so. I think, as as we said about, you know, my scenario about wanting to become the head coach, I think that is very similar to the OC scenario. You know, yeah. with the added fact that you're also going to be PTS man. So... Mm-hmm you know it's just i don't think it's was i it, i don't think it's a desirable position anymore if i'm being honest unless you know you mentioned about Doug um Doug peterson's you know trick plays and stuff like that yeah. i wish we had something like that i wish we had our I we were crying our our out for wasn't special, it you know just something a bit exciting like yeah. you know you have the titans yeah, the Titans are a great example when they put Derek Henry in Wildcat formation. Mm. That's exciting. Things like that, just something different. That's that's what I crave. But no, I, I'm I'm a bit. Uh, the jury's out on this one. I think I can't say if it's going to be mm. good, a, a valuable position, or I can't say it's going to be. You know, it's not going to be one that someone wants to go for. I'm 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 a bit stuck.
1: Just to just to butt in quickly there. Um yep. I've just actually seen then come up on my phone that that Tony Elliott, do you know the Clemson offensive coordinator runner yep. back coach, he said he's staying at Clemson. So no, he looked one. like he looked like it could have been a potentially good prospect.
0: Yeah, I would have liked him. That's
1: dead uh, in the water.
0: That's one off the board then. Um <laughs> well, it might have to be... Has, has Brian shot, Schottenheimer got a cousin or anything? Anyone like that? Got <laughs> <half>? <laughs> Brian Schottenheimer the
2: second.
0: We might have the That's other sad. brother from the household if he's got one this way. Um, Luca, with his second question, biggest need in the off-season, and he's given us a couple of positions. Is it cornerback, wide receiver, offensive line, or some more depth at the defensive line position? For me, looking at them, least... Sort of biggest need out of them three, uh, four even, is uh, wide receiver. Then I think we're pretty stacked at the D line. When you think of guys like, I say, I, you know, I, I I created my own rumor mill with Jaron Reed potentially being shot for a first round pick. There's absolutely nothing to suggest that will happen. Um, but you've got Jaron Reed, Puna Ford, Brian Monet, um looking looking quite 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 stacked at the defensive line position. Um, in terms of people have come in and contributed and, and proven that they're good enough to start in the team cornerback would then be second for me in terms of the biggest need, because you've got the uncertainty with Shaq Griffin, uh, Quinton Dunbar possibly leaving. Well, you know, he's he's scheduled to be a free agent, but Pete said he wants him back. I think he said he pretty much wants everyone back, um, which of course he has, because, you know, (laughs) that's just Pete all over. He he just wants everyone back. You know, Dunbar barely played, didn't look overly convincing when he played but bring him back anyway. Um so if if that all was to you've got guys like DJ Reed as well, then and, and Ryan who can play corner as well, and, and obviously the guys in the in the nickel like Hugo, you're pretty you're pretty stacked at cornerback. You could argue that you could find better starters than Shaq and Dunbar and everyone like that, and you definitely could. But in terms of players who are you know who are good enough to start in, in most teams in the NFL, then you've got a good solid Group of cornerbacks there, and then for me, it's offensive line. We talked about Dwayne Brown a little bit. Dwayne's thirty-five now, I believe. I mean, he's still an absolute beast. Um, but you know, there's there's questions whether he's going to be able to do it and, and carry this on in the next year or two because the difference between sort of the the NFL and American football to a lot of other sports is the length of the off season. It's it's eight months now before the Seahawks play another sort of competitive game. And 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 that's a long time for a thirty-five-year-old left tackle to keep in shape, and keep, with with everything going on anyway at the minute to keep in shape is tough enough anyway with everyone stuck inside. Um, but so there's questions with his longevity, and will he take a sharp decline um, going into next season? And and would you only keep him around as a backup left tackle? Probably not, because his contract's too big. You know, you wouldn't want a guy sitting on a contract like Dwayne Brown is as, as as your backup left tackle. Um, and then you've got Mikey Party who was pretty awful last season. He's he's injury prone. You know, don't get me wrong, Mikey Party in his mid twenties, in his, you know, late twenties, you know, he's a Pro Bowl. I think he got one All Pro as well, cup maybe one or two all pros. You know, very, very, very good left guard in his day. Um but it, there's no doubt that Mikey Party's not a starting guard in the NFL for me anymore with his health problems and with his overall play declining. So that left-hand side of the offensive line, for me, is the biggest need. The left tackle and the left guard. The right-hand side was pretty pretty fine for me. Ethan Postick in the centre held his own, did pretty well. Uh, Damian Lewis has been excellent in his rookie season. And I thought Brandon Shell, when he played, was really solid at right tackle as well. So that right side of the offensive line for me is pretty solid. It's the left side of the offensive line that would constitute the biggest needs in the off-season for me out of them four positions listed. Uh, Matt, I don't know what you think on that. What would be yours out of them four?
2: Um, Well, I mean, wide receivers are a no-brainer, isn't it, really? I mean, we're we're pretty stacked uh, at wide out. You know I mean? The whole Josh Gordon saga as well. You never know. Josh as well, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Um, all the other ones cornerback, uh, yeah. I reckon we could do with a we could do the corner. Mm -hmm. Um, what was the other one? Offensive line and offensive
0: uh, line and defensive line.
2: Defensive line, um, yeah. D D line, I think we're okay. D line, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had some good performances after we bought, um, what was his name, Dunlap? In, yeah, I think I think we're okay on that front. I reckon. The top two would be corners just because we don't know what's going on with players like Shaq, and we don't, we can't necessarily rely on on, on Dunbar, especially after the, the couple of questionable things he did and before he came to us. So, um, yeah, line, offensive line, I think would be the big one. I mean, you know, that's something I'm quite passionate about. Um, yeah, so you know, we. Like I said, they they do get a lot of a lot of flak linemen. Um mm-hmm. and sometimes it's justified. You can watch the clips and you think, Oh yeah, he's actually trying to block. Okay, mm-hmm. we should probably let him off. Or oh they're you know, they're blitzing six or seven players and you've only got five linemen, you know, you're gonna you're to struggle. Yeah. Um uh you know, I've I've found that in my experience. You know, I've I've been you know, I've been given flack by by teammates and by other individuals, because oh, you didn't make that block, but you've had two people come and and blitz you, and you're supposed to focus on making one good block rather than two mediocre blocks, you know things like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think I think the line would be a good place to to get some more players and get some a bit more depth going on. I mean, bear in mind, you know, it's very easy to adapt to. Playing the left side and the right side of the line because it's basically like if you've got two mirrored plays. So, if you're running a, if you're running a, a jet sweep to the left hand side, for example, which I don't think I've ever seen run in no. a real game, but if you did, say it's basically you just do what the right tackle does. So, yeah. if you're a left tackle, you know, you, you just do the opposite to, to what the play says normally, really. So, yeah, you know, we, could, we could move some people around on the line um You know that see who plays who fits what position best. That would be sort of a, I mean, you'd you know that by the time you draft them, obviously. But yeah. you know, in a, in a just in case scenario, you know, you, you could you could switch players around on the line. It's it's not it's not like it's not like being a wide receiver where like you are a receiver, you know, or maybe yeah. you could play. I don't know, maybe you could play safety or something like that. Yeah. Um But you know. It's very easy to switch around line wise. So,
3: yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, we, we, we can move some of our players around and um, see who we draft. You know, if, even if we draft a right tackle or a right guard, you know, potentially mm-hmm. move, move them around a bit and see, see how it goes, really. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think that's the big the cause for concern would be offensive line and a bit of the secondary, maybe. Maybe not linebackers. We're all, we're all right there. Yeah, um, For now. maybe another rookie linebacker would be good because, you know, as much as KJ was amazing, Bobby Wagner was amazing, obviously our the main man, Mr. Brooks. GP. Um, yep. this, uh, um had a good season. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's a nice, you know, maybe plan for this future, but I don't think we need to do that just yet. You know, it's I not reckon it, like you said, no. secondary and O line. And you know, it depends. You know who does what contractually and all that, so absolutely, yeah. I mean, no, dis- I, I can't really disrespect our line because you know they, they get you know, you come up against like the Rams D line, you yeah. come up against Aaron Donald, you're like, mm-hmm. you're a bit stuck. You know, you see the videos <laughs> of him triple teaming players, you're like, well, this is mm-hmm. going to be a tough game.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so you know, credit to them where it's due, but I think we could do with.
0: Even a few more linemen. just even just, depth, just, isn't just it? Depth. Yeah, uh, Pez, which one is it for you cornerback, wide receiver, all line or D line?
1: Um, I'd say cor- <laughs> I'd say cornerback because I just I'm not sold on Shaq. He's just not, he's not like what he used to. He's not Richard Sherman, is he, back in the day? So
0: Certainly not. He's got that, the
1: hair. Yeah, that's a, that's a concern. And I, I, I've just got to agree with what Matt says, the O-line. Um, yeah. Really, yeah. I've not got much to expand on what Matt said, really. Um, I'd definitely go O-line because Russ just needs to stop. I don't, I don't know if it's uh, Pete Carroll, you know, just... Just hire these fucking shy old linemen and then let's break him. Let's see Get if we can do that. Get a little jungle back
0: in Jermaine. Yeah. <laughs> <in there. laughs> Dearing me.
2: Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Stick me in against Aaron Donald. Um,
0: well, oh, we would be, be all right.
2: It's within one play. We'd be,
0: we'd be looking forward to the Saints this weekend if you're in against frigging Aaron Donald. No problem. Um, I'll
2: probably myself out to him
0: <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: Healthy scratch. Give it a go. Be terrified. Ross will be sacked within about half a second, but you know
0: that, that's that's longer than he gets behind some of the guys anyway. So, um, related to the offensive line, Jay's got in touch. Thanks for the question, Jeremy. Should the Hawks be looking at offensive line replacements in the draft or around the league? For me, um, as it stands in terms of draft wise, your, your earliest pick is second round. Um, and we again we were talking about you know possibly finding a few more hidden gems in in certain rounds in this year's draft with how little tip guys have got but um i think there's an offensive lineman from alabama called leatherwood or something i can't think of his first name i'm sure his second name is leatherwood who, who hasn't given up a sack or something in i don't know whether it's during his entire college career or his is is like his senior year this this last season um from what i've seen of him I would really like him, but I would expect him to possibly go in the in the sort of mid twenties, possibly. So unless we were to trade up, I don't think you maybe he's going to be out of our range in the second round. Um, But we'll see. But normally, I would say it's probably a safer bet to go. I mean, it's tough if you've got the cap space then. Go and get a proven guy to plug in straight away, day one, who you can rely on. You know you can rely on. don't really need to coach him up that much. He just needs to learn the play, but really um, get some experience on the offensive line. Then definitely around the league, get get like get that experience in. Um, but we've got a lot of contracts to sort out next year. We've got reduced cap as it is. Um, and unless we make any trades and, and let some big guys go, then we're not going to have much really you know flexibility to get a a sort of a top level offensive lineman who's going to be hitting free agency it might be you know a guy like who a guy like Brandon Shell who's sort of you know coming in on cheap money but sort of is still able to to contribute and do a good job if they could get another version of a Brandon Shell or or someone like that then absolutely you know spot on. We all like uh, a good draft pick I think uh, for the most part a, a draft pick Gets us more excited than a free agent signing because it's sort of it's the draft and you get hyped about it and 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 everything like that. It's it's you you really get behind your draft picks and it it, it's sort of a you know it's 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 something to get excited about normally more than a free agent signing. So and in that sense, you'd rather go draft, but I just don't think we have the draft capital this year to be able to find a sort of nailed on sort of starter really that you can be completely confident with obviously there will be guys as in every draft that get taken in day two day three that are starters absolutely um but it's a tough one it's a tough one we don't really have the draft capital and we don't really have the cap space so I would say around the league purely because I think we can work the cap space more than we can work our draft capital this year um I don't know what I don't know what you would go with draft Round the league, which one for you? Um,
1: it's an odd one. It's the old line's hard, like
0: it is, yeah. Certainly. I don't to,
1: it. I, it's, it's like Matt said, they're the least known, aren't they?
3: Yeah, so oh,
1: yeah. It, it is hard, but because you go for the experience, but then the experience is old, and then like mm. a few of the linemen this year who came out of the draft, uh, some of the like top-rated lineman for the season, so do you then risk the young? Yeah. Like, inexperienced guys with a quarterback like Russ, if he does get his OC again, who can bring him back to what we know, who he he shifts in the pocket, he he expects his line to move all different ways whilst he's scrambling around and keeping protected and stuff. Yeah. The youthful guy will have the speed to adjust to that. But will he have yeah. the experience? The older guy, will have the experience. But will he have the speed to keep up? That's mm-hmm. that's how I look but, at it. It, yeah. it, it. The the line's so hard because we've never seem to get it right. Russ just gets beaten well, we every, every season. I saw yeah. a start. I saw a start. The other thing, and uh, he's I think he's on four eight five. Stats, uh, sacks in total for a season, and Brett Favre leads the league history in 520 Mm -hmm. over his career.
3: Yeah,
1: and like Russ is on pace if he carries on the way he's going to like beat the record by 300 plus in the 800 odds, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but like 300 (laughs) is the differential, what they're saying, or something like that. You just like they need to do something. But I reckon Matt's probably more educated to uh, answer this one. Seeing as he plays on the old line, he has a bit more of a background into it.
2: Yeah, um, it's a weird one. Um, you know, be, I mean, you know, I'm I'm going to draw on my own experience. It's not exactly. It's not obviously <laughs> it's nowhere near the same level as as them. But you know, from what I found is during my first season playing on the, on, against other teams, D-lines, you yeah. know, the level, can, I mean, so in, let's say in college football, you come against the best D-line than there is in college
3: mm-hmm.
2: and he'll be, you know, he'll be quite big. He'll be, he'll be a great player relative to the other college level players. And I mean, yeah, you come, let's say Chase Young, for example, you come against Chase Young in college. Yeah. And you, you'll probably get the better of you a good few times. But then you come up against someone like Aaron Donald or, you know, Joey Bosa. You know, if we're going, up, yeah. if we're going for um, defensive ends, we'll be more like Bosa or someone like that. And all of a sudden, you're a rookie lineman in that league and you're coming up against Bosa.
0: It's a big step or, up, isn't it?
2: That's a big step. And that's what I yeah. found personally. I mean, I, you know I went from playing our lineman, our D lineman, who... Credit to them; they do a great, they do a good job. Yeah. On on my uni team, mm. but you know, coming against other unis linemen who are who, who are bigger unis than us, we're quite a small, a small uni, uh, so we yeah. don't have as many players to choose from. And then the footlift. I remember the first game I played. The first thing that happened is I looked at the defensive end. I was just like, "Oh my god." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy was massive. We played against, uh, I think it was, I can't remember, um, London, it was one of the London uh, colleges, uh, UDs, sorry. Yeah. And this, uh, like, you, you know, you think, oh, I'm going into my first game. And you look at these players you come up against, as I said, you think, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> this is going to be tough as it is just to get through this game without, you know, without being trampled on. <laughs> and that's sort of how I imagine it being for NFL rookie linemen. You know, maybe they don't... I mean, you look at... Play, uh, who's the, the Jets lineman? Tristan Wirks. You look at him yeah. and he's he lost everyone. But, you know, you yeah. think maybe you're a third, fourth round, maybe fifth round pick lineman in your first season. You might struggle. And mm-hmm. you probably will struggle against some of the better defensive ends. And I think... What we need is someone who's ready to do it now. You know, we don't yeah. need someone who's ready to do it two years down the line. We need them now.
0: Yeah. So, I, th- well, yeah, I, I think go... Yeah, you'd go around the league, yeah.
2: I'd find someone from around the league, yeah. Even if I it's think... maybe a string for another team who's just not getting a chance. Maybe like Quentin Nelson's backup or, or someone like that.
0: <laughs> well, no, yeah. Um, I don't think want... you, I, go on.
2: You know what, what I said about you know it's, it's probably a load of rubbish, but relating it to to what I found being a rookie, you know, it's it's a big step going from. I mean, I went from not playing American football to playing it, but going from college to NFL, it's going to be a massive jump. So if that, if that of oh, thing yeah. I've sort of tried to to liken it to to what I what I've seen in real life, if they, or in my experience, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, the way I always look at it is even, like, even, like, in college, only 5% of these guys that you're coming up against in college, only 5% of these guys actually get drafted. So even the backup guys on, on NFL teams are were top-level college players. These are all sort of, you know, colleges is a lot sort of, and again, college is absolutely, you know, it's a fantastic level. Everyone's a very good player in their own right. But, you know, you come out of college and you are playing not just NFL guys, but even the backups and the third string guys will have been the, for the large part, you know, starting college, very good, you know, top level college players as well, who will have been drafted and, and everything like that. So you're not just playing, you know, the, the NFL guys and making the step up to the NFL. You're going up at the bare minimum against the other top college linemen. And and they're seen as sort of the worst players. So it's a massive step up. Um, and I think, like you say, in an ideal world, you would, and if you weren't in a sort of win now situation that the Seahawks are in sort of now with the talent that they've got at this very moment in time, you're absolutely right. It, it's We we, we want to win now. We want to get to a Super Bowl. Now we're not a team in a rebuild mode. We're not sort of, we don't want a lineman for three, four, you know, sit for a couple of years and, and then come in. We want, you know, ideal world. You sign someone with a bit of experience, a top level offensive lineman in free agency plugs in now and helps us to win now and then if you want to draft a lineman who you're pretty high on and think it's going to come up and take a starting job in the next two three years when hopefully you've maybe won a super bowl or two with these more experienced guys that you've brought in because you're in win now mode then then that that's that's that for me is is what we should be doing um i agree so it's yeah it, it, it depends what situation your football team's in and it depends how much cap space and draft capital you've got. But for me, this season, it would be around the league. Um, and the final question from Harry—it's an interesting one again—and uh, we've we've touched on a lot of it during this podcast. Um, but he basically wants to know: Are we a run team? And then he's given an example as the Ravens. Or are we a pass team like the Buffalo Bills? For me, <laughs> for me, oh, I no. wish we were. I wish we were both. I mean. And, and fair play, I didn't think I'd ever be saying this, but the Cleveland Browns, to me, look like a perfect balance of both. They've got very good receivers in Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, and, and David Njorky, the tight end. They've got some really good receivers. And credit to Baker Mayfield again. We've we've dissed him on this podcast before, um, I think. Oh, I might be getting confused as to oh, just dissing know. him in general life because I do that a lot of the time anyway.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, but he's throwing the ball relatively well to these offensive Weapons in in the in the passing game and their running game is is arguably the best in in football with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and and you know all the guys that they've got on the ground game in Cleveland they seem to have got a, a, you know a struck a perfect balance between passing and running for us this season we, we've been a we've been a pass team predominantly this season and and it's what we've been talking about is is that's probably a reason for our downfall a bit is we've been too much of a pass team with. Russell's been forcing the ball too much, been trying to pass the ball too much and going away from our sort of historical sort of franchise, recognising sort of traits of, as as running a team, um, running the ball even. that that That's what we've always been known for with Pete Carroll and and, and his his system is, is running the ball. And, you know, it seems like we've had one season where Pete Carroll and everyone sat around and gone, do you know what, right, this season, let's sort of start off by letting letting the reins go a bit and let's start throwing the ball a bit more and see what we can do and all this let Russ cook and everything like that took hold this season and it's kind of like they've sat around and gone okay we'll throw the ball this season a lot more and we'll see what happens it's come at the end of the season and, and the offensive coordinator has been fired and Pete Carroll saying that nah, that was a mistake we're going to start running the ball again so for me we were past team this season but I would be very surprised if we're identifying as a pass team next season. I think I think Russell is going to have half the pass attempts that he that he would have had this season, as in, in terms of next season. Um, and <laughs> if he's going back to running, don't be surprised to see a running back taken as our number one pick because it, it's guaranteed to happen under Pete Carroll. Um, you know, the next Rashad Penny. You know, just taking a running back when we absolutely don't need one. Um, but Pez. Are we a running team or are we a passing team? Can we say no? Yeah, we could say no. Are we a team? Uh, we're a team, but can we just say,
1: uh, I don't know. <laughs> can we nice. just Can we just put N.A. in that category? Because let, let's, let's face it.
0: Not asked. Not
1: applicable. Not applicable, like, not
0: applicable we, yeah.
1: It's like pass
0: and then shit. That's the problem. The offensive coordinator didn't know what we were either. It felt like we it was so unbalanced. We just didn't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was. I just, I just don't know. Honestly, I don't know because at this moment in time, going into the off season, it is a bit of a conundrum because again, it comes back to trying to read between the crap. What Pete Carroll comes out with, like. You got to read, like you got to guess and read between the lines of the cryptic clues he, he drops on you because he says he wants to be get back to a run dominant team, but he wouldn't surprise me next year if if all he actually wanted was just a balance of run and pass at a better level. Yeah, yeah. but I, I just I just don't I just don't know. Honestly, we've left this season on an unknown. It's like yeah, definitely. It's just like doom and gloom, isn't it? It's like, you don't... You, oh, yeah. Like, I was going to touch on it before, but um, not to go into too much detail, but the only positive leaving this season was the defence. So, mm. like, because I was going to mention it before, just a quick tangent here, is the defence is the only positive. And that makes me believe that Ken Norton will come back. Because people <laughs> might
0: hate it. Hands up who we thought we'd be saying that at the end of the season, by the way.
1: No... But he is the perfect person for Pete. It would not surprise me in the next couple yeah. of days. Ken Norton has signed again for the DC because it works. And do you know what? That's Pete's bag. So that should work. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. leave the fucking offence alone <laughs> and just let the OC determine whether it's a pass or a run. All I'd like to see is a balance. Mm. I think Russ works off that balance. I think, I think we do need more of a run game in and not like, as he's making it sound, Pete, as everything's going to be run first. I, I, I think Russ works off that run game when defences are, are like, essentially, just like how we were in the Super Bowl era. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch in the backfield, and they were so scared of him bursting loose that then Russ just went off. So I think... I, I yeah, I just want a balance. I just want a balance. I can't I can't even answer it like I've looked into the future without even answering the question because I'm I couldn't even answer the question. The here and now I couldn't even answer what we are.
0: No. And I and I still don't think anyone knows really what we are there's no way we can say specifically we are a run team or we are a pass team we're we're a bit of both and we didn't do either particularly well so <laughs> we're just a team at the minute and we we're, we're just trying to work out who we are and like I say, Pete's saying we want to go back to running. I mean, fine. Do you know what? Honestly, fine by me. Don't you don't neglect the pass game. You don't just. Run it for you know three downs. Every down with your, every down back. You know, I, I don't think that's by what any means the same. Yeah, that's
1: what he loves. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Yeah. Oh, roasting fourth quarter, mate. Just do what you want, pal. Uh, save <laughs> us, like, like please. That's what I'm scared of. Now, yeah. if it is more of a balance, then I'm happy. Mm. But if it is anything like that fucking Rams game or the Green Bay game last year where it's run run, <laughs> run whilst Pete Carroll's checking out Bucknell 1 stand and then turns his back and realises that he's blown it
0: yeah and that's the frustrating thing when he comes out after the end of the game going oh yeah I did that wrong to be fair like shouldn't have done that well yeah. no yeah he shouldn't have
1: but, yeah you
0: strangle him, don't you? Oh, God. If I was in that locker room, I'd, I'd tell you what. Anyway, Matt, are we a run team? Are we a pass team? Or are we neither? Are we just crap at both?
2: Well, <laughs> well, um, we started off the season as a pass team, as we said. We made those good plays. And then all of a sudden, we just became a team, as we've discussed. It's just sort of been, well, yeah, neither of which, we sort of just chance it, really. Mm. It's like, oh, that works. And he goes, oh, that doesn't work. We did that, and that was just the game. Like, oh, well, all right then. So, you know, this is the thing, i could to touch on something that I think Pete said that really annoyed mm. me, was that he mm. said, we run the ball... Well, we just need to run it more. And we've got a great running back room. And we're not going to, no one's going to deny that. No. But we don't run the ball well. <laughs> we run it oh, terribly. Because no. you think, you look at the players we've got, and we, you know, we've, you can basically highlight Chris Carson is a run it up the gut sort of player. You know, you yeah. run him through the middle of the line. Why are we running him on things like? Toss like a lead like a lead toss where you'd have him running around the edge. And you've yes, got players like Collins or
0: Penny. Is, is that not what we've got Carlos Hyde and Alex Collins on the team specifically for what yeah.
1: <laughs> it really is actually? Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I I honestly thought in that Rams game they were not gonna be stupid and then we're just going to run Chris Carson through the middle like he's meant to do, like he's built Mm -hmm. to do and the first Mm -hmm. fucking run play here you go Chris, go to the sideline and see what you can do, oh we lost yards (laughs) ha 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 ha, let's try that again
0: he always loses (laughs) yards on the outside, I don't get it yeah that's
2: that's basically yeah, I think we're not a run team because we. well we could be a run team that's the thing. We could, yeah, we yeah, could we could, yeah, be a run team if we ran the players correctly, but we're not because. Nope. Well, we we need to do it correctly first. Maybe that's something that our new OC will change. But mm-hmm. you know, I mean, obviously we've got an elite quarterback and we've got an elite, we've got elite receivers, but from last season, it just
1: didn't work. Until Pete's when dad comes in his and we've fucked it. Pete's <laughs> dad.
0: Yeah, fuck it anyway. <laughs> He'd be doing well, I think. <laughs> Pete's dad. How old uh, I was I yeah. he when he had him?
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> Pete with a wig on. That's all it is.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, Patrick Carroll he's got so comes in it. disguise.
2: <laughs> oh dear. But, yeah, I can't <laughs> give you a definitive what? answer. I really no. can't. No. I, both of us have said, all three of us have said. Sorry,
1: I so, can't. There's nothing definitive. So just um, just listening to you two talk, then it made me think quickly of have offensively have the Seahawks lost their identity because over these yeah. last couple yeah. of years. It used to be they, there was a solid identity. Like they spoke about it in the Rams game. If you listen to the commentary, you never, you never count Russell out on the fourth. You never count Russell Wilson out on the fourth. I'm taking the Seahawks, even though they're down. I'm taking the Seahawks because Russell Wilson in the fourth. But what people need to realise is, these last two years, it just hasn't been like that anymore. No. We used to start shite at the start of the season and then just get hot. What was the statistics of Russ being like? absolutely dominant in November, from November to December to January. That is completely gone now. This team offensively needs, in my opinion, a whole philosophical rebuild. And I just don't know whether Pete Pete Carroll's mindset of, let's just go back to how we used to do it, where Deleuze has got thousands of tape on us doing the exact same thing instead of trying something new. Yeah, right. That that that's how I look at it now. I just think the philosophy of this team has completely gone over these last couple of years. Whether that's because of Shotty or because of Pete and Shotty arguing, because Pete's too stubborn that he wants to move, he doesn't want to move into the modern era, and he just believes by zigging and if they're zigging and he's zagging that that's going to work. I, I just, I just, I don't know, but. Yeah,
0: that's just yeah. We're we're a team. We've lost our identity. We've clearly lost our way. I'd, I'd
1: I'd just say that, defensively, if we can keep the core unit and we can keep them players best intact as we possibly can, that's very promising.
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: It's just on the side of the ball. What a lot of the time, defences can carry you a certain amount of the way, but with zero offence at all who just plays in neutral. Yeah. Yeah. that That's a massive problem um, leaving this season.
0: Definitely. Um, like I say, it's, it's going to have to be addressed in the off-season. Obviously, we'll, we'll be getting the new offensive coordinator in, hopefully as soon as possible, um, and get to work straight away because, like I say, the offence is... It's just completely broken at the minute, like you say. No identity. Don't know whether we're running it, passing it, p- kicking it on second down. Anything anything <laughs> goes for this Seahawks offence at the minute. Um, it's just, yeah. And do and you know what as well, before we end it, can we start going for it on fourth and one in opposition territory as well, please? I mean, seriously, Pete is punting it from the 40-yard line of the opposition I've seen. The, this Like, fourth and one, just just... just Run a quarterback sneak with Russell Wilson, or maybe get that absolute beast in Chris Carson and just run him up the middle and get a yard. And and instead of punting it, or just settling for three. When when we're just such a soft touch on offense when it comes to letting teams off the hook and not being killer enough and just going for it like it's for every other team in the NFL. Even the Jets, the Jets on fourth and one in in the opposition forty would hand it to pissing Frank Gore and run it up the middle for one yard and that's another thing how on earth is Frank Gore and the New York Jets been a better running rushing team than in the Seahawks this season I, I, I Frank Gore would have been our best running back this season I, I, I what is going on what what is going on I just thought I'd leave that bombshell right at the end because I think ugh, we're all in a state of meltdown um rightly so it's it's Nobody expected us to lose against the Rams. Really, yes, I think we were all a bit worried that we'd lose against the Rams, and we thought, oh, you know, it's. But <laughs> and, we shouldn't have
1: lost to the fucking Rams. The defense, we have lost but, the fucking... but we should have been able to adjust and beat them because our defense was destroying their offense.
0: Jared, that Jared Goff had pins it. in his thumb. Couldn't couldn't throw it as far as he could. Pissing. Like uh, he couldn't throw it as far as he could head it, basically. It it is 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 the ball that was coming out of his hand was spiralling more than a Michael Dixon punt. So and and and, and then you, <laughs> and then you've got no Aaron Donald in that game for about three or four offensive drives that we had, and we still couldn't protect Russell Wilson. The offensive line still couldn't block, and we still couldn't move the ball on a Aaron Donaldless LA Rams. And yes, the secondary was still really good, but I just, I just have not seen the offense look this broken in a long time, and it's not just for me. It's not just going to be the offensive coordinator that, that's going to fix this. Russell needs to have a serious sit down. The 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 receivers need to have a serious sit down and look at it and think how on earth could we get this chemistry back and get this just just understanding back. It just looked like everyone was just out of sync, off off pace. Nobody, you know. D.K. dropping balls, which we know he's got a bit of a problem with. Um, you know, e- tight ends. Wilson, uh, Wilson throwing absolute lasers across the middle, down the middle to Hollister. He's just got no chance of of catching. And we talk about Wilson and hear about Wilson not letting anything ever get to him. Well, that that for me is a load of bollocks. It, 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 things were getting to Russell Wilson in this second half of the season. MVP talk, uh, all this. Let Russ cook and. It it got to him this season. You can see that. I don't care what whatever about his attitude. Yes, he's got a generally good one, but things were getting to him this season, and he needs to just call back to you know forget MVP because like I say, MVP doesn't win you anything. Like it, it should. It's it's like the Pro Bowl. Yes, it's nice to have, but it doesn't actually get you know. It doesn't earn you any you know much more money. It doesn't. Like, it's just it's just an it's just the accolade you want. The Super Bowl. It's it's Super Bowl or nothing really. It, it, all these other things are just nice little add-ons, but they're pointless if you don't win the Super Bowl. And things got to his head this season, and he just needs to let that go and just get back to doing what we were doing for, for however long. Like it, He's played worse behind the best offensive line we've given him since the Super Bowl than he's played against... behind guys like Luke Jokel and Jermaine Fede. He played better behind them. It, it just... It, yeah, I mean... Any final words anyone wants to say before we before we wrap it up?
2: Yeah, um, I'm. I was just thinking about this just as, as just saying, I can't believe that we're talking about a twelve and four playoff team in this manner.
3: Yeah, like I know
2: playoffs. Obviously, making the playoffs is irrelevant if you do nothing in the playoffs. But what has gone so wrong that we have to discuss a twelve and four playoff team like
3: this?
0: We have to be the crazy. worst twelve and
2: fourteen of all time, possibly. It's it's frustrating, and mm. you know, as you say, I think we just need a, just need something, some changes. You know, just something interesting to happen in the in the off season. Maybe some yeah. new trick plays. I don't know. It depends what you can come up with, as whoever's going to be OC. But you know. To, to have to have this discussion with a 12, as I said, the 12-14 shouldn't mm-hmm. be happening really. And I can't believe as well, this is going to be the last as, uh, as James, you touched on earlier about the mm-hmm. um, uh, about there not being a game for eight months and how long the off-season you know, I, is.
0: It's how awful, sad
2: yeah. is that? This is be the last yeah. rant we're going to have for Specifically about a Seahawks game for eight yeah. months. It's oh, I, I, I don't
0: know how I'm gonna cope. It's, it's I mean I think do we all follow our version of football in this in this country? Yeah. Yeah. Pez. Yeah. Just... Yeah. Yeah. So for us, when the season ends, it's what two months, three months, and we're back at it again. So that's it. it. it it doesn't leave you much time to sort of fester and sort of stew on things. Whereas we've got to sit on this loss now for eight months until we can sort of see if anything's changed. Like it's, it's such a long time to see if anything is, is sort of being implemented. That's going to, you know, give you confidence going into into the new season. It's, it's the longest eight months, it, it, it's awful, and I don't see why they, they are so long. I don't know why the season's so short as it is. It's always been a weird one, just you know, playing 17 games, 16 games. It's, it's, yeah, but...
2: Well, isn't it next year we get an extra game? Yeah. Yes, we like that. Another I do game. Like that, so
0: but <laughs> I don't know about... if my heart does.
2: No, <laughs> not, not, not on the Seahawks. I forgot about that, actually.
0: So is um, that... Is that all we've got uh, for tonight's podcast?
2: Yeah.
0: So before
2: we uh, work ourselves up too much.
0: Yeah, like I say, <laughs> we've got the we've got the thank the Lord we've got the draft coming up soon. I mean, like I say, we've got no no real picks or anything like that at this moment in time, and free agency and everything like that will be coming around before we know it. So. We can hopefully shift our minds to that and just get this Rams game to the background minds as quickly as possible. It's been a traumatic experience bringing this back up. i would just about gotten over it, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it can it can only get better from that game going into the next season. That that's the that's the mindset I've got going into the off season. That it genuinely can't get much worse than that, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. I would be very surprised if Russell Wilson ever looks that bad ever again. And that's why, if I can get through that, and we have got through that, then we can get through pretty much anything with the steel team, I think, in terms of the offence. So, um, no, I mean, yeah. Hopefully the draft goes well. Hopefully free agency. Hopefully the Rams get absolutely walloped this, this weekend. Um, so, thanks again, lads. It's been really good. Um, yes, thank and you. And we'll see you again yeah, very, very, you, very um, soon. Have go a good then, one. Again. See you later. See, see yeah.
3: you.